You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. So all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Podcast back for episode four with my co-host Bo McCauley. Bo, what's happening, man? How you living? Things are good, man. It's been a busy week helping a house sit for my parents and keep theirs going and and keep mine going. So it's been a busy week, but I'm I'm excited to be here on the podcast today. All right, Bo. So before we get into anything else, I want to talk to you about something you said on episode three. And it's something that I may not agree with, but I, I want want to touch on it with you, see what you think. So last time on episode three, you said that the wide receiver one on a playoff team is usually elite. Okay. I thought about it some, and I don't think that's completely true. Okay. I'm going to give you a list of teams here that obviously have a wide receiver one, but I don't think he's elite. All right. Okay. So let's talk about Seattle. Seahawks. You got Tyler Lockett. I don't think you'd call him elite, right? And, no. and, let, let's, and let's make this clear. This is this is playoff contenders for just this year alone. Yeah. Okay. See, and so I would say Seattle does defy this logic year in and year out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Seattle does. I don't know Seattle's it, always an outlier. Was Doug Baldwin elite? I don't know if I would have ever called him, you know, exactly At elite. Times, he was I really, he, really good. Yeah. I think he was really, really good. I don't think Doug Baldwin was ever considered elite. Can't I think top, Doug, what's elite? Top five to you, right? Probably top, top seven, eight, top eight, maybe. Okay. That's what I would say. So okay. basically, I think then this year, the New England Patriots, they're a playoff contender, but their top receiver is probably Julian Edelman. All right. Yeah. I, would, I mean, in, I would say in years past, though, Gronk was pretty elite, and he's definitely, I mean, he's not a wide receiver. It doesn't Brady's always had weapons. that. Yeah. I mean, Brady's but, always had, I mean, Brady's had Randy Moss, Gronkowski, but. At this a time, year, Josh Gordon was elite, but not when he had it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying the Patriots don't fall into that category, okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm saying the Baltimore think, Ravens, the team that everybody can't beat this year, don't they don't have an elite receiver. They don't. They, a, that, they don't. They did draft one high to try and get one, yeah. though. They think Marquise Brown will be that guy, but they I do not have one be. right now. You are right. I think you can be. But you got him. Willie Sneed hasn't played up to the hype at no, all. He's not elite. But he's good. He's a good NFL receiver. He's a, he will have a long career in this league. I mean, he could be like Lance Thomas. You know, never be elite, but play forever. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Who's the best I knew, receiver? I knew John this Brown? was coming. Yeah. John I Brown's the best coming. receiver. John Brown, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And let's but, bring up your team, yeah. Pittsburgh. But, and they're getting the playoffs on defense. Yeah. Yeah. They I have mean, had elite receiver in the past. They're not. I mean, you know what I mean. But but he, but he you know y'all. They were y'all, in the playoffs years past with elite receiver. Y'all let him walk, and let's look at it now. Now yeah, people can sit here and say, oh, they have Juju. They did, they did. He did, he did. But <laughs> people are gonna sit here and say, oh, you know, what about Juju? Okay, yeah, Juju's really good, but Juju hasn't played that well this year either. No, he has not. I can't. I'm not. I can't sit on. I can't sit here on this podcast and try and give these people an unbiased sports uh, opinion to an extent and say that Juju has been good because he has. He's got a lot of drops. He's had a lot of tips turned into picks. He's still the blocker he is, but he's been injured a ton, so you're not seeing that flash right now late in the season when you need it to. 
And yes. uh, I mean, it's been a disappointment. I gotta say, I don't. I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll have a good career. But this is that that sophomore learning curve or third year learning curve he's on right now. That is, it's tough for him. I think it's his Juju's, third year. Juju's definitely gonna bounce back, man. He's way too good of a player. Brazilian. He's a good, positive-minded person. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest with you too, Bo. Coming out of the draft that year, I wasn't that high on Juju. He really surprised me. I was so high on Corey Davis, and you know, Juju came right out of the gate and outplayed Corey Davis. Corey Davis is still struggling right now to make a name for himself in that Titans offense. I think A.J. Brown's come in and stole his thunder 100%. A.J. Brown is the most dangerous receiver on that team. But let's yeah. talk about what one other – well, I got actually three other teams, but one team in general, the 49ers. The 49ers have Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, at one, at may, maybe at one point, maybe he was considered elite. I don't even know if that's even true. Okay. Like, like really, I don't. I really don't know if Emmanuel Sanders has ever been considered elite. You've got Debo Samuel from South Carolina. I loved him in the draft. Do it all, guy. But I don't see the 49ers having an elite. Now you have an extremely elite tight end. I would say that this year is a great year to 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 fight this to fight that statement from last week for sure. Uh, this year, there's a lot of teams making it on defense. There's a lot of teams that have put together a good balance without that that wide receiver stardom. You know what I mean? There, yeah, there's it, a lot. There's a lot of that this year. You're you're 100 right about that. And I think, and like like you said, Bo, like you know, when you have a great tight end, you know, you mentioned Gronkowski earlier. When you have I mean, a great tight end, you sometimes don't need elite receivers. No, you just need you guys that can do the job. They'll double. They'll double Gronk. You know what exactly. I mean? And then, then Edelman becomes elite when he's in single coverage. You know defenses are doubling Kittle right now. You know oh, they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've I got mean, to double I, I feel bad for them doubling Kittle, leaving Debo and, and Manny open because they're guys that can definitely kill you if, if they're out there one-on-one, if you don't have the right guy. I love yeah. Debo in that draft. Yeah. I love Debo. But Debo and, and I have two long shots here. Now, these teams are both 7-7, seven and seven, but, you know, they're not – you know, I'm not going to – the first six I listed – well, contenders. Well, they're all contenders, but the first six are guys that are right now, they season in today, they're in the playoffs. Okay. The other two got the Chicago Bears. You know, they have Allen Robinson, but I don't think he's ever been considered elite. He put up that one amazing year in Jacksonville, but he he's not considered elite. I think Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller was the my number one wide receiver. I think that was a 2017 wide receiver class. He was my number one guy coming out of that. I had him over. I think it's the same class. I had him over Calvin Ridley, honestly. So, you know, I don't think that's an elite um, receiving core. I don't they think their, their wide receiver one is mm-hmm. is a, a an elite guy. And then the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles, who who for past you know they they just won this they won the Super Bowl. I, they didn't I, have an elite receiver on that team. They have you the have, Gronk, they have the Gronk effect with Ertz. They do exactly. You did have that. You did have that. And now you have Dallas Goddard. That's there the too. big thing now is the tight end position has really changed. Uh, I mean, it, they've become su- just superior athletes. They're no longer this the big blocking dummy. You know what I mean? Yeah, back exactly. in the day, you, you back in the day you'd have one you know one or two tight ends that really made a name for themselves. When I say back in the day, I mean like pre Tony Gonzalez is what I mean by back in the day. You know, I mean like uh like like Mike Dicka was you know he's a great tight end for back in the day. He. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? He wasn't out there catching a thousand yard seasons. You know what I mean? There was just like exactly. I read today. There's actually this is a great topic. There is this is a perfect time for this. Today I read that there's only been like 44 tight end thousand yard seasons, and that's only by like 21 or 22 tight ends. And Darren Waller became one of those today. And I really? mean, yeah, yeah. Or this like last week became one of those. He's he's now like the 22nd tight end to ever have a thousand yard season. And there's only been there's less than 45 total. And well, now here, he's in that group. Let's think about it. So George Kittle did that last year, right? Uh, but didn't he break the record for tight end? Did he? I, I think it, he was did. It okay, okay, end, okay. It was either receptions or yards in a season. Yeah, I think I, it was. I, I thought it was receptions. I think wasn't it? Was it Ertz's record or whose record was it? Ertz it was Ertz's the, record. Er, yeah. Ertz broke the the passing yards record. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Ertz was the receptions. You're right. You're right. And was it was it Antonio Gates or was it like was it Tony Gonzalez's record? It was. He was Gonzalez's record. Okay, these well, are things I should have wrote down before the podcast. Exactly. But exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But but and, and Travis Kelsey's obviously got two of those or two or three of those thousand yard mm-hmm. season. Oh yeah, I mean Gronk's probably got some. I, I forget the list. It's some of them have some of the guys have a lot of them. With the, the NFL as a whole, man, it is really towards you know you you look at how they want their running backs to be now. You know they don't want guys that are just up the middle now. They want guys that can catch passes too. They want guys they can, that are third down backs that can uh, block rushers, right? Absolutely. And yeah. Then, and then you look at tight, then you look the, at tight ends the power now. Guy in the committee, but it's rarely like the Bo Scarborough type is not your bell cow nowadays. No, no, not at all. And then you look at the tight ends, and they want a guy who can run routes, mm-hmm. catch contested passes, yep. and block. Line, they can line, and and they can line up split from the from the you know, from the tackle. They can they can either sit next to the tackle and do the blocking job they need to mm-hmm. do. Or they can. It was it. Someone was trying to say. I forget which which big ESPN head it was, or you know, national media head said that Kittle wasn't. Oh, it was Doug Gottlieb said Kittle's not a blocker. I oh, laughed. I, I saw that. I mean, I did do you remember that? that? <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw. I can't remember who <laughs> he did that joke. to. He did it to this past weekend. Did you see um, when Kittle blocked that guy and he pancaked him into the ground, <laughs> and, and the camera yes. showed him just hysterically laughing after that guy's a madman. Yes, He's dude, a madman. He, he is what that when Gronk left, we needed George Kittle. We needed we did. it. The league needed George Kittle. Absolutely, definitely, one hundred percent. But moving on here, Bo. Now, Bo, a guy that we both know wanted us to talk about this topic on the podcast. Okay, and I think it's a great topic. It's a great question. Let's put it that way. It's a great question. Talk about Lamar Jackson, people. I know we talk about him every episode, but got to do every, it every every week. There's more and more to talk about. So. You know, it's kind of hard not to touch on Lamar yeah. Jackson. You, you can compare Lamar Jackson to like talking about the Dallas Cowboys. It's one of those things that if you're going to try and have a, a you know a general NFL show, you got to have that discussion. Yeah, got to talk about it. So let's talk about this. Here's the question: Is Lamar sustainable? I think that's oh, a great shouts question. out shouts out to Steel. Yeah, shout out this. to Steel, man. I appreciate yeah. the question. I, I think it's a great question. So I want to touch on this, but. You answer that question for me. Let me hear you go. Okay. Well, I'd like to – for me, sustainable is does he give you a successful decade? Or, you know, but, I mean, we can't compare everyone to Brady. Or, you know, would you consider Lamar sustainable if in if in 2028, um, you know, he's just now starting to get injury prone and he's won, a, you know, an MVP or two and hypothetically a Super Bowl? I mean, was that sustained? sustaining something to you i mean i think he's sustainable if his pass game continues to grow 
if uh, his, they continue to draft successful linemen like Ronnie Stanley, keep the Marshall Yondas in there. I mean, you keep those guys in, was it Orlando Brown Jr.? You keep those dudes out there on the field with him. He can play a long time. I don't, you know, the game plan, sure, might have to change a little. But his passing game, went, it improved a lot in a, in a year. And, you know, he's going to have a whole other offseason to work on it and study film. And I don't think it gets any easier for any of these teams to stop him. You know, he's still making a lot of tackles miss at the same time. You know, he'll, I think the year, as the years go on, he'll find out how to not take contact. And I think he'll find it as a challenge to get better the longer he plays. So I'm going to lean yes he is barring major injury, which is something. How can you predict that? You know what I mean? All right. So let me, I'll give my take on it. So I'm going to say it could be a yes and no answer. It really could be. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, it's not sustainable. And here's why I think that Lamar Jackson is an amazing player, obviously an amazing talent. Uh, We see what he's done in just his second year in the league, but you said sustainability. So you said you say a guy that gives you a solid nine to ten years is sustainable to you. If a, if if a quarterback if a quarterback you draft him you get a decade out of him okay. and he gets a, two MVPs wins a I don't know crazy win percentage of his games like Lamar's on you know is probably going to do in the next few years and and say he brings a trophy home I mean, he could do it he could do that. Sorry, everybody. My voice is kind of hoarse from the game that I went to this weekend, but I'm, I'm trying here. It's going to crack some. If he can just continue playing the way he is, if they can keep getting him some protection, and he just he continues to evolve that arm that he's clearly he's clearly got the arm, Jacob. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, he has the arm. He's making he's making the throws. He's he, you can't. I mean, he can't watch th- his film and say he's not making the throws. Well, he made these throws in college, and people really don't. I don't understand why people. You know, didn't think he could throw when he came out. But what I'm saying is they thought he couldn't make the 10 yard out route that you don't want the corner to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. But what I'm saying is, okay, do I think it's sustainable? No, I don't. And here's one reason is because the people who learn the quickest in the NFL, and I've said it before, are defensive coordinators. They learn faster than anyone else. Okay. second, you know, sustainable. The one thing that's going to hurt Lamar moving forward is. You know, he's going to be fine. I think I think he can keep kind of doing this for the next, you know, four or five years. Let's see. What is he? Twenty two. OK, I'll give him uh, six years. But when you get around the twenty eight, twenty nine, you know, around 30, you know, it, it's just it's it's how we are. You're going to slow down a little bit. You're going to lose a step. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, he used to make that guy miss, you know, the quick stop, jolt past him. But, you know, maybe in eight years. He didn't have that that same burst to get by him, right? So, I mean, you wouldn't have considered him a sustainable quarterback if in ten years he's won a Super Bowl and two MVPs. You know, like that's like sustained success. I, I mean, that's I, not if you're enough. To be honest, I'm trying to answer this question in the way I, I think it was I like, asked. I don't know if yeah. it was asked in the way he didn't put, he, I, I he didn't like put what, a year marker on it. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like he's he he was asking in a way of like. Is it sustainable for him to keep playing the way he's playing? I think that's more for 15 I years. I doubt it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. There's no way. Like I said, but defensive for coordinators 10. Up, yeah. Yeah. Well, defensive coordinators are going to pick up on it. You're going to lose a step. It's going to happen. The, you know, the, the biggest thing, like, like you were saying, Bo, like the biggest thing that I think is matchup proof when it comes to any sport is 
freakish athleticism and overall being being more talented than the other guy. I think that's always matchup proof. You know, no matter what somebody and we you've seen it in history, some of the the greatest plays and things like that. There are some guys, you know, you'll double team a guy, but the, he's such a freakish athlete. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sometimes. Antonio yeah. Brown did that for nine years in Pittsburgh. Exactly. To beat double so, teams like he, he like I me, mean, he was getting paid to do it. And I thought, okay, I, I'm gonna say this. I think Antonio Brown. <laughs> would beat things like that just a little side rant i think there's a difference between okay there's a difference between what i watched julio jones do in his career and antonio brown julio jones did it because of the freakish size plus speed plus power he had all in one body i think antonio brown was more technically sound with what he did his technique was so good and his route running was so good that he didn't need that size or that speed mm-hmm. or that power. He just beat you by knowing what to do better than you did. Yeah, he was a, he was he was meticulous and exactly. at, at every at every Julio, piece of it. I think Julio, you know, he ain't got to be a perfect route runner. He's still meticulous, he but he yeah, is meticulous, he, but but you do, he doesn't need that. He no. has brute strength and physicality that's going to run, overwhelm cornerback. Vertic- yeah, he could run a vertical route every all game and he'd all still game. rack up a bunch of probably rack up a thousand yards a season wouldn't exactly. matter you just all run game. verticals all game he'd still which, he'd still get catch some passes which is still amazing to me i don't know why the falcons don't flew him in the red zone <laughs> it's, it's very weird i don't understand it it really hurts my fantasy team i promise you that so by the way big shout out to uh maddie for winning the uh, fantasy championship you beat me and Bo both fair and square so i'll be getting you your trophy to you for uh christmas but anyway and we were, and we were putting up lots of points man that was that was wild yeah, yeah man the, the complete underdog i'm gonna be honest i didn't have maddie winning that championship to start the season so oh, big shot i, wish, out I, I wish i had austin hooper but i'm not gonna make excuses she she yeah, kicked can't my make ass excuses, man she came out she, she came out and won it out the gate but she kicked you know <laughs> killed you me. know i think that you know, imagine hand fighting, being a corner and hand fighting Julio Jones. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think it's just difference between Antonio Brown and Julio. But yeah, they're they're definitely physical specimens are definitely different. I mean, I think AB had the had the advantage in the route running, and I think overall, like, if you were to grade their hands on the you know that what catches you know how difficult of passes they're going to catch, AB probably had him by a nose. But you know, Julio could out jump him. He's had a probably half a step on him in speed. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And he's stronger for sure. But, but back to what we bigger, were saying is I think that that comes into, you know, this year. That's why it's been such a problem for defensive coordinators, because, you know, like like we were saying, I think this is in either episode one or episode two. You know, say you set the edge perfectly against Lamar. OK, well, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Lamar thinks that's awesome, but he yeah. doesn't care because he's faster than you are. Okay, oh, yeah. he he's more slippery than you are. <clears throat> Shout yep. out against to Steele for telling for putting the word slippery in my mind. That is now what when I when I think of Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the word slippery in quotations comes into my head. So yeah. thank you, Steele, for doing that for me. But I think you know it, it's it. That's what I'm saying. Talent and overall athleticism can beat um, solid coaching any day. I think it, it can. It can. Let's when you say defensive coordinators are going to scheme for him, I think Lamar adds that difficulty that you can't scheme up to an extent. And let me you know let me I mean? explain. Let me put let me put um get it off paper right here and explain to you obviously why defensive coordinators can't play against this guy. So right now, Bo, Lamar this season has more total touchdowns than Arizona, Oakland, Cleveland, Buffalo, Detroit. 
Indianapolis, New York Giants, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Rams. He has more touchdowns than those teams alone. That's an MVP. He has more rushing touchdowns than these teams. Cincinnati, Detroit, Pittsburgh, the Jets, and Jacksonville. Gosh, he oh, has, shoot. He Left Pittsburgh more, out. That uh, hurts. He has more total yards than the Jets and Washington. He has more rushing yards than the Jets and the Dolphins. He has more first downs than Washington has this year. I mean, that's amazing. It is. That's amazing. amazing. And, and let's think about this. He broke Michael Vick's um, rushing yard record. Easily. Okay? <laughs> In 14 games. Okay. He leads the league with 6.9 yards per attempt and has ripped off 20 plus yard gains 11 times, which is first league wide. Okay. Wow. He has completed 66% of his throws. For 33 touchdowns against six interceptions, he's averaging 7.8 yards per attempt and has a touchdown percentage of 8.9. That is the highest mark for a quarterback since Aaron Rodgers in 2011. Dude, I mean, crowning okay. right oh, now. Oh, no, no, we're not done. This past Thursday, he became the first quarterback that is 22 years old or younger to throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. Remember that? This guy was. This guy can only use his legs coming out, right? He's been yeah. he's been excellent against the blitz, blitz this season. He has six more passing touchdowns against the blitz than any other quarterback, despite fewer attempts. He has 19 touchdowns with 106 attempts against the blitz. Russell Wilson is second with 13 touchdowns, but has 171 attempts. Yeah, dude. I mean, and I, and he's, whoa, he's the perfect quarterback whoa, to beat the Blitz. Oh, just wait. We got one more kicker right here. Oh, Lord. Jackson became the first quarterback ever with multiple games of five touchdown passes and 80 rushing yards. In a season? Cam, or yeah. ever, just period? No, no, no. Dude, just listen. Cam Newton is the only quarterback to have ever done it. He also tied Newton's career mark with his third game of four more passing touchdowns and 50 rushing yards this season. Mm. The numbers are, they're unbelievable, man. This is a, this is a guy who's still learning how to play the game. If you have, if you have another person to name for MVP, you you just just keep it. Don't keep it. I'm sorry. Don't don't bring, I'm sorry, Michael Thomas. I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey. I don't mean those players disrespect like at all. They're, they all pushed hard for MVP talks and offensive, Offensive Player of the Year talks, which one of them will probably get, either CMC or, or Michael Thomas. But well, sh- well, shout out to CMC because he yeah, just became he the first it. player. He just became the first player in Panthers franchise history to have 2,000 scrimmage yards in a season. So shout out CMC, man. We see you putting in the work. Look at all the muscle you added in the off season. This guy grinds every day, and this is what everybody would want their running back to be like. So shout out CMC. The Panthers have a good one in this. All game. right. Good question here. Buy or sell? Is CMC the best running back in Panthers history already? Buy. You buying it? You buying it? Buy. Buy. Buying it too. Buy it, baby. I'll I'll overpay for that buy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Throw my life savings, which is in that that for Here's the deed to my house. CMC is the best, already (laughs) the best Panthers running back ever. Yeah, already. even know if I, I could quit watching football for the next 10 years, and I'd slap a, a big prop like Futures bet on that for sure. You know, like, you know, obviously, like, people, I feel like there's people going to be like, oh, what about uh, D'Angelo? Oh, well, or, yeah, D'Angelo like, probably leads the franchise in rush yards. Yeah, but, but Chris McCaffrey's going to smash it. 
it's not even going to be close. So, so that, that's a buy. Every, a whole other dimension in the scrimmage yards category for receiving. You know what I mean? Whole another world. That, that, two two whole, different running backs. But but um, also, I want to give a shout out uh, with the stat about Jackson becoming the first quarterback ever with multiple t- uh, games of five touchdown passes and 80 rushing yards. That was uh, brought to you by Stats by Stats. I just want to give a shout out to them because they do some really good research on that site. I'm going to so, check that out. I, I, those, that kind of blew me away. I, did, I didn't know yeah, that they, they, they keep all that kind of stuff, man. That's hey, really you cool. always got to have a pro football focus account, man. I love my, that account. I check up on oh. all the weird stats constantly. So Speaking of pro football focus, quick stat. We can move on after this. Apparently, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, the Pro Bowl stuff just came out. Marquise Pouncey made the Pro Bowl, but he had 11 like missed snaps, like low or high or off target, like 11 was off it, target Wasn't he snaps. ranked like 70th out of like – Oh, it's not good. It's It wasn't a good ranking. In, in the, the next center behind him, the most missed snaps is six. He's almost got double them. But I and saw he's, a he's crazy – He's a Pro Bowl center. I saw a crazy stat that he was ranked like, 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 I don't know. It was like 66th or something, but there's only like, I don't know, like 70 centers in the NFL on active team, like, like active on teams. It's crazy. PFF, PFF's never been good to him, and he's never been as bad as they say, but he's also never been as elite as some consider. People talk I mean, a lot. I love. I love Mark. I mean, I have his jersey. I have his jersey hanging in my closet. I, I mean, I love ride or die Steelers player. Love him. Hope we hope he retires with us. I mean, but uh, you know, he some some games he doesn't he just doesn't bring it. I don't know what it is. You're right. And and, right. and it's not it's not I'm not necessarily he doesn't smack someone in the mouth. I mean, he's hitting people every game. But there's more to football than aggression. You know, it's a big part of it, but there's more than aggression and, 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 you know, speaking up to people. There's there's technique. There's actually executing your assignment, you know, and not snapping it low on the wildcat that causes a fumble in the red zone right before halftime against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, let, moving on. Yeah. I want to touch on the Ravens real quick also since we're on the Lamar Jackson topic. Bo, the Ravens scored a touchdown on each of their first three drives for the fourth time this season last game. <laughs> that's the most by any team in the last 40 years it gets better i mean worse and worse for for me as a steelers fan but it they, gets better and better for them and you just mentioned the pro bowl they put 12 players on it they what? put yes yes they what? broke they broke a record they put 12 there are 12 baltimore ravens players in the pro bowl this year oh, oh let, let me list them i didn't you. know let that me list them my lamar jackson mark ingram patrick rickard the fullback. The fullback, yeah. Ronnie Justin Stanley. Tucker. Mark Mark Andrews. Marshall Yonda. Matthew Judon. Marcus Peters. Marlon Humphrey. Earl Thomas. Justin Tucker and long snapper Morgan Cox. That oh they God. all made the Pro Bowl this year. The whole special teams unit made it. I mean, it's unreal, man. And, and then you put that with a guy like Lamar Jackson, and you're like, wow, how could someone stop this team? I mean, yeah. I mean, if if two teams are playing in the Super Bowl, just don't even name the two. There's two teams playing in the Super Bowl, and I tell you, one of them has 12 yeah, Pro Bowlers, yeah, t- the other one has a six. Has, yeah, Team A has 12 Pro <laughs> Bowlers, Team B has six. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, give me 12 all yeah, day. Give me 12 every day of the week. Yeah, but obviously that's not how football works. No, It'd be a not. lot easier. If it the did, Saints but... will laugh at you for saying that, you know. But something else moving on, bro. Let's bring up uh, a guy that used to be a Steeler for you, Antonio Brown. Okay. Mm. 
There's a rumor stuff. going around. There's a rumor going around, though, that apparently at least 20 NFL teams are interested in signing him. I'm not with, surprised. And apparently New England is the only postseason contender that wouldn't sign him right now. I don't think he'll be signed during the postseason. All right, let me okay, let me ask you this though. Well, I guess they're saying moving forward, not this season. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, in the off season, I can see it, but if if he gets signed in the playoffs, that's just you're asking for a loss. That's a distraction, city. That's a lot of distraction. That's what I'm saying. But let me ask you this, yeah, especially with this police thing happening. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question. I want just yes or no. Just yeah. yes or no. I tried this yes. with you before, but you are you are a major ranner, and you just want, you you gave me your answer, and you just ran on out with it. So yes or no with with one first question. Would you take him back on the Steelers? No. Okay. What would it take for you to take him back? <laughs> uh, the smallest contract available. So you vet, you, pay, you, pay, you would pay the league minimum. If we paid him vet minimum, I'd be fine with it. For yeah. sure. I mean, right now he's holding the like the second biggest dead cap hit on our team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Give me vet minimum. And and um and be divorced from this woman that he's having all these problems with, so that's in the back in the background. And I mean that's that's I mean I don't want it. I don't want this. But you're asking the question, the cheapest contract possible and a one year trial deal. That's, yeah. that's so give it. me give me your one year deal. What are you paying him? That that minimum is like seven hundred grand. So, so that I, I they can't. Was, he's been in the league too long. They I can't, thought it was. Five? No, you're right. I think it's like seven fifty. They can't. I mean, if he comes back and plays for anyone, I mean, he's that's what he's eligible for. It's what his contract will demand. I mean, he can't get paid like James Connors making like three hundred grand this year. He can't get that kind of money. He's not a rookie. Mm-hmm. So tell me this. So that then. what team could you see him going to? What team could you see him that's a postseason contender right now? Maybe he doesn't even have to be a contender. But what well, team that pops into your mind when I ask that question, what team could you see him going to? And, and a team that would maybe be able to corral some of the – I'm not going to call it craziness. Uh, <laughs> corral some of the um, – I don't know. The, the drama. The drama. I mean, the, it's, it's, I mean he's not crazy. He's just antics, dramatic the stuff, antics. antics, yeah. So, so Immat- what, what, what team could you Slight immaturity. See? Um, I mean, I think honestly, I mean, now that the Seattle just lost Josh Gordon, uh, Seattle would be a good fit it, because Pete Carroll is the kind of guy that could level with him, and Russell Wilson's the kind of quarterback that could motivate him to get in line. I don't think AB wants to play for some Mitch Trubisky esque player. You know what I mean? I, I think that. he he wants. I think he wants a quarterback that can get in the ball. I mean, look how much he's like tweeted and posted at Tom Brady post the Patriots thing. Well, let's look at the I three mean, quarterbacks he that, that he was he was fine with playing with or was fine with, you know, knowing he was going to play with also yeah. and just never did. Uh Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. And the and the almost Josh Allen move. Well, to I Buffalo. was going to Okay, my team was going to be the Bills. I mean, that, I don't I don't think that the the Sean McDermott way is for him. Okay, Pete Carroll is more player. It looks like it looks like he's making. You know, what were the what were the rumors when he was leaving Steelers? It was Oakland, the Bills, and um, I felt like Buffalo. Yeah, Oakland, was the like Bills, and the Patriots. Almost. I don't the know. Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bills. Well, it seems like he's just stopping by to visit the other two. He never really played for them. He's just stopping by in the locker room and you know tearing stuff up and then leaving. So 
Maybe he wants to stop by the Bills. I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, you want to talk about him add, being added to a playoff team that, that could use the the consistency at receiver and would turn into a dynamite threat to make the Super Bowl as soon as he stepped out there. I think it's Seattle. But I don't think they'll do it. I mean, they have DK and Lockett. They're doing their thing, and they're winning games. So, I mean, it was just hypotheticals. I think he would fit in the system. Uh, Pete Carroll is the kind of guy that could get along with him if necessary. And uh, Russell could drop some pretty balls in his bread, ba- bread basket on Sunday. It would happen. Yeah. It would happen a lot. It would be, be great to see. And I'm sure he would love Russell. Was. But I just want to ask you those questions because, you know, that rumor is going around. Um, yeah. He continues to put things on Twitter. I, he, I don't. He came out. playing the league again. He's going well, to get He's chance. going to. But he, here's something crazy. Uh, you know, he said he came out and he tweeted. He said, you know, I'm sorry. He, I think he, he put up a picture of what he wrote down in his notes on his iPhone that he was sorry. He loves this game. He he didn't handle things the right way. And then, you know, I don't I don't know if he just didn't get the response he wanted from it or what happened. But then two days later or three days, I can't remember. He puts up a tweet saying basically F the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what? what like, he what doesn't. Is this? I mean, so did you hear about? I mean, he know he's got a rap album coming out, and he named it "No White Women 2020." Yeah, I saw like, that. And that you know, that caught my immediately. I was like, okay, well, that's gonna be frowned upon. That's not a good. That's not good publicity. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's like it's fine if you don't want to be with white women. Then it's your personal choice. But it's just like the drama that it's gonna bring to whatever team he comes to. You know? yeah, it's just I, he's making it easy for people to point fingers at him and yeah. call him a problem. Absolutely. If you didn't make it easy before, I mean, now it's extremely easy. I mean, I I don't have to go any farther than typing in Antonio Brown on Twitter. And yeah, I can so give you, you can about five reasons. I can scroll down my phone and I'll give you five easy reasons of why you probably shouldn't sign this guy. You could you could just, you don't even have to type in his names A and B. Yeah, it's just I, I hate it. I hope he can get his act together, man. He's an unbelievable talent. Like I think he's also messing up his Hall of Fame resume. I mean, look how long look how long people didn't give. You know, at this point, Terrell Owens is above Antonio Brown. I mean, Terrell Owens at this point is I have him. It's a pretty large gap between him and Antonio Brown right now. So and look how long he was held out of the Hall of Fame. People always look down on Terrell Owens for hit the way he handled things. Some of the way he handled things in Dallas, but also the McNabb situation. The Hall of Fame, I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert on it, but I, from things that I hear on the radio, I mean, they can, they can play some kind of favorites. I mean, a lot of people oh, think that when favorites. Kevin, when they, a lot of people think this is a quick rant. I'm not even, it's not even gonna be long. They, a lot of people think that when Kevin Myway, the Titans offensive lineman, I think the center, when he got put in the Hall of Fame, a lot of people think it's because at the time he was employed by the Players Association, and they think there was pressure to, to get him in, you know. So that's there's there's things like that that happen that make people question. There's definitely know. favoritism in it. They're yeah, a little bit because yeah, there, there, there are guys that should have got in by now that aren't in. Isn't this okay. class coming up a lot of guys, like Centennial class, I think? Yeah, it's a really good yeah. class. Yeah, um, I've been I reading up on it. Though. Bill Cower is a finalist, I know. Oh, of course, man. Of course. Sure. I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. I mean, come on. It's my I boy, knew. man. It's but my boy. Moving on, Bo. Let's talk about Drew Brees. And okay. you should want to talk about this for one reason. That's because this is the quarterback of your Super Bowl pick. Yep. Okay. Still so, my pick right now in the NFC. Guys, 
this probably isn't broke, uh, breaking any news at this point. You know, it's been a little bit. This was Monday night. Uh, Drew Brees broke Peyton Manning's record for all time, all, all town, all time touchdown passes. He is at 540 right now. Wow. That's amazing. I, I remember I watched I, I was upset because I didn't get to watch Breeze break this record because I watched Peyton Manning break that record when he threw. I, I can't remember what which one was the one he broke the record on, but I've never seen. Let me say this. This is something that was amazing to me. I've never seen Peyton Manning broke that record. Right. Yeah. Man hands Manning the ball. Manning holds it up in the air for a minute, and all of a sudden this team of like of black-suited men come up, take the ball from Manning, stuff it in like a briefcase, and run. And and you know you know that ball was going straight to Canton. Oh yeah, it's for the NFL. I've never seen something like that. Like I don't know if the FBI moves like that. Like Dude, I don't even know what type of when, when it comes to records they know are going to get broken. They they set a lot of things. I up. have never seen something like that. I, uh, you would have thought there would. I, I, well, I you you know you know when Emmett Smith broke the rushing record, he wore four jerseys. He wore one every quarter. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah, that's Crave Gaving. See, the third quarter to went to the Hall of Fame. This, um, it makes yeah. me happy to know that you know these weird things too. See, I I know these weird yeah. things, but I don't like to say them because people will be like, "Wow, like this guy's," you know. I, I only know that because it. actually Peyton Manning does that Peyton Places show, and he did a show with Emmett who has like a storage locker with all his stuff in it and he has the first quarter i think the the first quarter jersey is in his storage locker yeah. and then the, the second went to the team the third went to the hall of fame because he already knew he was going to be in it and then the the fourth went to like either his family or for sale i can't remember where it went the fourth one but by the way anyone who hasn't seen peyton places you need to see that yeah those it's, are some it's good awesome. that's good stuff when they it's went really to vince lombardi's basement i love that one Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen all of it. It's, it's been really good and really cool to watch. But this is what Peyton Manning had to say after he broke, after Breeze broke his record. It was pretty comical. Okay. He said, Drew, for a thousand days, I've held the record for all time passing yards in the NFL. Well, I guess, did, wait, did he break the passing yards record too? Peyton? No, no, Breeze. Mm, I think he just broke the touchdowns. I don't. Okay, maybe maybe maybe, maybe I've maybe I've probably written this down wrong, but this is what he said. Drew, for a thousand days, I've held the record for all time passing touchdowns in the NFL. I've got to tell you, it's been the greatest thousand days of my life, and thanks to you, that's over now. You've ru- <laughs> you've ruined that for me, so thank you very much. Now I have nothing left to look forward to except slicing my tomatoes, making dinner for my family, and putting this wedge salad together. End wow. quote. Which is hilarious. Peyton's the best, dude. I know Peyton is the best, man. He is the best. I, I've always loved Peyton Manning. Is probably gonna go down as my all-time favorite quarterback. Oh, I man. love they, Peyton. Manning. My mom was like this closet. My whole family Steelers fans. My mom was like this closet Colts fan because of Peyton, dude. That was Peyton was like a like I couldn't go a Sunday without. Did you see Peyton's game? You see Peyton like every week, man. See now, now that you've said that, that's that's the only voice in my head that I'm gonna think of with your mother. <laughs> dude you can uh, when you come over here one day ask her about it man she's got a colt's hat but like we're steelers people because she just loves peyton 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 all the time that's awesome man my dad's yeah. the same way my dad pretty much raised me to be a peyton manning fan but, yeah. my dad loved peyton manning man it was awesome to watch my dad got way too overly excited for us uh, you know super bowls that had peyton in it my dad would watch the pro bowl just to see peyton manning in it there so. was a couple of disappointments up until he won one finally 
I know it was some disappointments, but I'm so glad that he won one. I'm so glad he got that second one too. People thought Peyton were gonna ha- was gonna have that, you know, the Marino factor where he was gonna be like the greatest, but never won. But the a Super dude Bowl. ended up having like what is it, six MVP awards? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Like unreal. I mean, what was, was Tom Brady so, have three? Yeah, it's it's Peyton it's, by a wide, wide. I might have four, dude. He may, he may have – I thought it was three, but may, he may have four. I'll look it up after the pod. But uh, Peyton Manning is by a wide, pretty wide margin of how many MVPs he has compared to other quarterbacks. But oh, yeah. but I just want to give a quick shout-out real quick, all right? So special shout-out to Kalias Robertson. Okay, I've worked with Kalias before. I've talked with him on Twitter. Y'all can find him at 84onGo on Twitter. This is a tight end that got a commissioner's invite to the XFL draft this year. He's a really solid prospect, fantastic blocker. He stays aware and knows his blocking assignments. He's a hard worker, and he runs in the 4-6-40 range, and he put up 18 reps at 225. Bo, I've never seen a guy that advertises himself and motivates himself like Clias does on Twitter. He, he, he hasn't gotten a chance to show out for a team yet, but every day this guy multiple times puts up film of himself and where to get in contact with him. He never loses faith, and he's always staying motivated, and that is what all small school prospects that are listening to this need to do. Take the the steps that Kalias Robertson is taking. His time's going to come. Somebody's going to need a tight end, and they're going to pick him up. I just wanted to tell him that keep doing what you're doing, Kalias. I'm watching you, man. I'm pulling for you. You've always been a stand-up guy when you've talked to me. You're a great guy, hard worker. You're coachable. Just keep doing you, man, and your time is going to come. I just had to say that, Bo. Like I said, Stay the guys, course, man. Stay the course. Like I said, find him on Twitter, at 84 on go. All right? And, Bo, this, and let, me, let me bring something from the past on this Kalias subject. This was back on February 5th, 2018. I did some scouting on Kalias, okay? And this is what I said. Just watched film on Kalias Robertson, mm-hmm. tied in out of Alabama A&M. He has great speed off the line and good hands. Best blocking tight end I've seen in a while. He Guys like this get overlooked often. He's a great dude and a talented player. Y'all check him out. That was February of last year, bro. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so people need to understand that, you know, even if your time doesn't come and don't don't get down on yourself, please keep pushing. Don't give up on yourself. Kalias, set the example, man. You're setting the pace. All right. Yep. Still I a great football to, player. Got to stick to your guns, man. Keep working stick hard. To your guns. But, Bo, do you have anything else to talk about on the NFL side before we move on to college? Um, Yeah, I'd like to bring up two quick Two quick waiver claims that could mean serious things for the playoffs. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on on the Janoris Jenkins uh, claim for the Saints. They needed secondary help. They've had a lot of injuries. Uh, my buddy, is, shout out Andrew Cox, uh, was talking to me about this week. I didn't even realize that they had claimed him, and he told me that. And Janoris, I looked it up, has 54, I think it's 54 tackles and four interceptions uh, on the the Giants this year. I mean, those those numbers kind of – four interceptions pops on a team like the Giants, in my opinion. You know, I think think he could be a good addition to the Saints secondary. And I want to know what you think about T-Sizzle going to the Chiefs for the – pretty much for the playoff run. 
So let's start, let's talk about the Janoris Jenkins. I think Janoris Jenkins was a fantastic get for the Saints. I think it's unfortunate mm-hmm. the way he went out for the he, Giants. But he, he proves that something like that proves talent's going to get you a shot. AB will play in the league again. That, like he makes it help me prove. That I think AB will play because talent talent trumps it. You know, he he throws a slur. He he probably regrets throwing out there, and he went from a from the Giants to a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think sometimes they can get. I think sometimes it's wrong that talent gets you looks, even if, you know, I'm not saying anything about Janoris. I'm not saying anything about Antonio Brown. You know, that's that situations on their own. You know, my opinion doesn't matter on that. But I think a lot of times there have been times where, you know, <clears throat> players have done things that they probably didn't deserve to play anymore. Right. Yeah. But they they still get to because you know, they're, they're a good football player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even though they've made, made really bad, you know, bad decisions and bad choices off the field, you know, you're so, you're so good on the field. Josh okay. Gordon, dude. Is that well, Josh Gordon's a stick. He's suspended a lot. He I got mean, he gets suspended a lot. But I, I believe he has an addiction sure. and I believe he has a um, an anxiety disorder. And I think that's different. You know, a lot of it I'm talking about is like d- it's, domestic. It still domestic teams to take a chance on him, though. You know, like yeah, he, I, he's I, still he's still a wild card if you're going to claim him. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely still a wild card, but I think that's a totally different situation. I just think some sure. players have uh, like if if you want me to be completely honest with you, I don't think the Tyreek Hill situation was handled correctly. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm happy for Tyreek Hill. You know, I'm glad. You know, I'm glad that he's getting to play the game he loves. But. Yeah. To be stale, I, I, to be to be sitting on the team, just comfy, getting paid like he is, and yeah, guys like Janoris say one word and they get released. More stricter, the the consequences need to be more strict. Clearly for, defined across the league. Exactly, you know? and it doesn't waver for anybody. I don't care if you're yeah. Tyreek Hill. I don't care if you're this guy on the practice squad. You yep. make you make a certain type of uh, uh, you know. There's a level to this. How bad of a decision you make? Okay, well you're not playing anymore. Sorry. Yep. I'm with show you. Me your, show me you're a great person to come into it's, our great league. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, it, it, there, so, there, the standard has to be set as a line has to be drawn in the sand that each team, you know, one guy on the Chiefs can't be, you know, fired for one thing and a guy on the San Fran does something a little, you know, it's not as serious and, and is never plays again for that team. You know what I mean? And I'm it's not, just, and people, people make mistakes, man. I'm not mistake free, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. no angel sitting over I'm here. Definitely I've, not. I've made bad decisions, poor choices. Everyone All does standard. it. We're human. We're human. But when you have a a line, a long line of um, let's see, like violent. A, I'm not gonna call it got really a violent. Yeah, if you have a record, if you have, if you have, this has been a a multi, on multiple occasions. Okay, we're having situations where you know. We're having multiple occasions of this guy getting in fights with people or, or assaulting someone. Okay, yeah. well, you know that's not that's not a one-time thing. You're dealing yeah. with with something that is happening more often than it should, and it needs to be taken care of. You have to. No one is going to take the NFL seriously if they don't set the tone. It's crazy to me because they showed Kareem Hunt the door, didn't they? They showed Kareem for Hunt something the he door. did. Wasn't that for domestic stuff too? Well, yeah, he, he it was caught on camera him punching and kicking a woman. But you know why does it why does it have to be caught on camera to lose your job? You know but, what and, I mean. But, but what I'm saying is, okay, th- that was like a one time thing for him. You had never heard of Kareem Hunt doing that before. That is still awful. God, in no way am I like, saying. But I mean, Tree Tree Hill's accused of child abuse. You know, 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, let me let me go on a quick rant here. So Kareem Hunt, <laughs> and no way Take am I away. saying what, am I no way am I saying Kareem Hunt. What he did was right in any way. Oh, I would they're never all both wrong. I would never, you know, sit there and put my neck out for someone that does that. But what I'm saying is, okay, that's the first time you've heard of Kareem Hunt. You know, he didn't hear of Kareem Hunt having issues in college. Okay, so you know he was shown the door, but then he gets picked up in Cleveland, and people are sitting here saying, oh well. You know, Cleveland loves loves those guys that hit women. Like, no, 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 that's it's not. He's giving them a second effect. chance. He's giving them a second chance. Okay, I'm all for second chances. Well, you know, Dorsey but, drafted Hill too. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but so, yeah, he did draft Hill. You're right. Well, I believe so, he so, did. So the thing with um the thing with Tyreek Hill and the child abuse. Okay, well, you know, you don't you don't really. There was a lot of what ifs in that situation. But another thing, do you remember when Adrian Peterson was uh was suspected and basically people were saying you're abusing your child. It was over something. He was at a birthday party. He was at a, yeah, he had some, he knew he had like some scratches on him and it was from a birthday party. Someone said that he was, you know, uh, disciplining his child. Okay. Now I don't know all the facts, but from what I hear, it was that, you know, he, he basically was like, like my, my great grandma used to do to me. Okay. Go over there, pick a switch out off that bush right there. You know, I'm gonna get you with it. You, you, you disobey me. You would just you would you just disobey another adult. You talk back to him. Okay. We were we were both born to grandparents that believed in discipline. <laughs> yeah. So and, and and do you know the quote that Adrian Peterson said? About? Adrian Adrian Peterson said, "I don't care what people say about me abusing my child." He goes, "I know that I'm going to raise my children to respect others and respect adults." I I mean I I, I agree with that. And, and I'm not going to my good I'm, values. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can't take it over the top. Don't I please mean, don't take it over the top. But you know, like I said, I I don't know have all the I don't have all the information. I'm not the police. You should it's respect you should respect your peers and you should respect elders. Yeah, your just elders. Show respect. There yeah, are two things you know. I agree with. I don't know. I don't know what 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 he was up to, but you know, I those are two values that I think my parents tried to instill in me and and reflects upon the people I meet. And you know, discipline was a part of my life. I didn't have bruising. You know, on me afterwards, but it, you know, it, it helped me shape me into a respectful young man growing man, up. Let, let, me t- let me tell you this. I'm sorry we're ranting, guys. I promise you I'm going to circle right back yeah. around to Janoris. I want to shift. Yeah, I want to, well, I want to shift to Terrell Suggs in a second, see what you think okay. of that addition. All right. So, so I was talking to a guy the other day that was telling me that back when he went to school, was in middle school, though. This is just a quick subject about how discipline's like changing. When he went to middle school, he went to a school with nuns. Okay, with with yeah. nuns for teachers and everything. And if he if he talked back, they told you lay your hand on your desk, and I'm gonna take this, uh, this this ruler, you know, the ones with the metal metal rods in them. These are women who, smack, who believe they, who pray all day too. And you smack the living fire out of you with it. <laughs> like if you if, if a teacher hit a kid like that in school day, like you know, it would be all over the place. That's, I used to hear that's, stories about that stuff. And I yeah, was yes, but, but I'm not going to keep going with this because it's a very sticky subject. Yeah. But I just thought that was crazy because you know, Everybody, you everybody's know, heard those. I stories, never got so. hit with a ruler, you know. But anyway, you hear that story, you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But but so okay, let's talk about Janoris Jenkins just real quick. I think he was an awesome pickup. I hate the way he left the Giants situation. Um, he's always been a solid player for them. Uh, looks like it's going to be. I don't know. I guess it's the Julian Love and DeAndre Baker show in New York now. So they will be drafting defensive. Backs. Oh, they will. Be. They will be. And Jabril Peppers has played well for them. No, he's not a corner, but I think he, he's. They, I mean, oh. yeah, he's played well. So, so, um, 
All right, Terrell Suggs. What is what is this guy? A seven-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, seven or eight for sure. For sure. He's, he just got picked he, up by. He what, only has like five and a half sacks though this year, so he's not a Pro yeah. Bowler right now, but he but still gets it still done. Experience. Oh, and yeah, late late in the year, he'll if he's healthy, he'll find a a groove or a you know a sixth or seventh gear to kick it into. And I'm pretty sure he, last year he played very well. Okay, and you just gave him to a team that struggles on defense, mm-hmm. but is extremely dangerous offensively. I mean, okay, he, so he what's was, the weak yeah. point of the what's what's the weak point of the Chiefs, Bo? Their you defense. Yeah, you don't need him to get five sacks to end the year. You need him to just get a you know make just a big pressure. play on third down. Get pressure, you know. You know? Help your corners out. Did they, did they lose Frank Clark? Am I wrong about that? I don't know if they lost they, Frank I Clark. Think, I, I think, think they, they added did, him didn't. for depth. No, I don't. I don't think so. They lost. No, somebody. no. Frank Clark didn't just come in there for depth, man. Frank Clark came in there to ball. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying Terrell Suggs is there for depth and Frank. Oh yeah, yeah, Clark yeah. But I mean, that's great depth. I but mean, my I God. I think I, I think I might be wrong with that. I, I would take Terrell Suggs for depth any day. Like, are you, are you joking right now? Oh yeah. I mean, I I, I think he, I thought that's why the Cardinals took him, but I think he ended up, you know, being the guy. He did end up being the guy. Well, not over Chandler Jones, but you know, he he played decent. You know, maybe maybe he comes into the Chiefs and he works. He loves that defensive scheme. Maybe the dude takes off. Yeah. Honestly. So. Oh, yeah. We'll Chiefs man. recently I, lost uh, Emmanuel Ogba and Alex Okafor. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so that's why. So, yeah, I knew it, was, but, it wasn't but, Frank Clark. Those are my this, that's my two opinions on those two guys. Two great players. Darrell Suggs has always been an awesome guy to watch yeah. play. Janoris Jenkins the same. So. I think those could be two very impactful waiver claims that I wanted to bring up on the show. Jackrabbit's the man. I've always thought that was an awesome nickname for Janoris Jenkins, too, Jackrabbit. I did not know that was his nickname. That is a great nickname. You didn't know Jackrabbit was Janoris Jenkins? No, I didn't know. It's like I just found out, uh, shoot, eight months ago that DeAndre Hopkins was called Nuke, and that's been his Come nickname on, his whole life. I mean, bro. you know all these weird stats, but you don't know the stuff that's like oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you how many jerseys Emmitt Smith wore in his last game when he broke the rushing record, but I didn't know DeAndre was Nuke. I swear. Yeah. I mean, I knew I loved DeAndre Hopkins. I watched the whole Hard Knock season with him like two years or three years ago. I watched the whole thing. No one called him Nuke, I didn't think. Yeah, man. Jack Jackrabbit, Mr. Norris Jenkins. Wow. Well, that's but, cool. Moving on, guys. Let's talk about a little college um, football. Yeah. First thing I want to touch on is Tua's NFL de- decision. All right. Everybody knows who Tua is. Quarterback Alabama. You know. Baller. He's trying to. He's trying. Baller. Trying to decide whether he is going to forego his senior year um, at Alabama and go into the NFL draft or stay for his senior year. Okay. So basically. I think there's a slim – there's basically almost an, an no chance he falls out of the first round due to the injury, okay? I still have – I just did a uh, a mock draft, top 10 mock draft. Everybody wants to go listen to it. Go listen to the Blitz Breakdown for Blitzalytics. Um, me and Jack, the CEO for Blitz, did a top 10 mock draft. I took, I was the Miami Dolphins, and I took Tua at number four overall. And then I added weapons because wow. they have multiple they have multiple first round picks. I still have them adding weapons on the back end of the first round, and it's not even the back end. They're pretty much still in the middle. They have unbelievable good picks this year. It's kind they're kind of set up the same way the Giants were last year, if you may be honest. So 
I was I still have them taking him fourth overall. And this is a, a lot of this has to do with whether he has no setbacks during the injury recovery. Um, if he has setbacks, okay, maybe he dips, maybe he falls. But yeah. right, if he, if doctors have said, you know, he should be, be able to move around, he could even throw at the combine. They said he's going to make a pretty good recovery. I mean, they said it was like, I mean, it's they when Bo Jackson got hurt, the, like I think it was tr- it was treated way differently. You know, the the whole injury in it, the whole well, cause like this, said, what they, that's what they compared to was Bo Jackson. It's not the same injury. You know, it's not the same injury. And as yeah, I've said and, this before, and, and medicine is like it's a whole nother ball game right well, now. Yeah. It, and people just keep forgetting Bo Jackson had a bone disease called a vascular necrosis that, that he played him. with. Yeah, so that's that's not something that right now Tua looks like he's gonna face. Okay, I, God, God help him. I really hope he doesn't. Okay, but yeah, I never wish on somebody. But what I'm saying is, you know, there's a chance that if recovery goes well and goes as they are predicting it will, he could throw at the combine. Now let's stop the right there. Miami better draft some people to protect Tua. They should. Uh, they better. Year. They better. They but they they better because they traded away their Laramie best linemen. Yeah. But, and he and Deshaun's still getting killed this year with Laramie there, so it's not like that was, you know, yeah, <laughs> end-all, be-all, left tackles. But. The, the Houston Texans have so many holes in their offensive line. It's going to take it, – It's beyond Laramie. But, but, yeah. but so like I said, he could throw at the combine. But do I think he should? No, absolutely not. I think Tua should take no participation in the combine. I don't think Tua – we all know what type of thrower this guy if is. He's healthy, go to pro day. If not, don't worry about it. All these Joe Burrow fanatics out there, please don't faint when I say this, okay? Or the guys that love Justin Herbert, okay? But Tua is the best pure passer in the draft this year, okay? So if if, if we know that, if we know that, we've seen what he, he's been able to do. He's played two two full seasons as a starter. We saw he did it as a freshman in the national championship. You okay? think that over Burrow? I think he's the best pure passer. Is he the number one quarterback? No, he's not. But mm-hmm. I think he's the best pure passer. But uh, see, Bo, you didn't come in. Okay, so we don't need to see him. <laughs> Tua doesn't need to try to speed this up. In no way should Tua try to, okay, hustle real hard to come out and show out the combine because we don't need to see that. We don't need to see. Sure, sure. There's going to be some guys that are going to be like, well, what about that 40 time? Okay, well, look at Tom Brady's 40 time. Okay, like it. it, it you don't be need very to see irrelevant. It. Yeah, it, it's very irrelevant. It is so irrelevant. You look what look at Lamar Jackson. Look at Lamar Jackson. You know, look at that forty time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, because that you know, obviously that matters. But the whole time they were saying it, they're like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. Dude can't I mean, play football. I don't see why he runs it. You know what I mean? What's the exactly. you know, you so know he's no fast. Reason, What's there's no matter? reason to take pat take part in passing drills or anything. The combine, the combine is cool, just but it can be. Sh- I mean, DK didn't DK Metcalf have a great combine? Yeah, and he he fell? Combine. I was in Indy for he that fell. combine. I have never seen a combine like and that. He, that. He fell to the fourth round. But you know, I know why? Because people said, "Oh, well, this guy can only run a go route." <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm Look saying is the now. combine didn't change. If I'm, I'm supporting the Tua thing, saying the combine didn't change any minds, and, and yeah. if people don't think Tua is going to be healthy, the combine won't change any minds if their minds are made up. Yeah, well, look, you know, you know like, like I said, everybody said DK can only run a go route. Yeah. He can only beat guys at the top. Okay, yeah. Then you add, I got I him out here for Russell people. Wilson. Got him out here for Russell Wilson running post routes and curls and comebacks and and seeing Russell like, like what, what? He's proven him wrong. I'm, 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 I will. I am one of the people that will 
is fine with staying up and saying that I thought he would be one dimensional in the league. And but, he has clearly stepped up to not be that yeah, kind of guy. He's, he is the he is going to be the man for Russell. Part Wilson. of part about stepping up and, and or stepping out and doing something like this is 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 being wrong is fine, and it's okay to admit when you're wrong. It's totally fine. You know what I mean? Because we can just come back here next week and talk about something else again or that again. You know, it's yeah. and and I thought I'll tell you right now. I thought DK would be a go route guy. I thought that he would be like a a poor man's Julio Jones or something like that. You know, that they made that, that Seattle just made work, but dude, he's running every route. He's doing everything they ask of him. I think he's been a better blocker than every, most people expected. All with a pacifier mouth guard in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think AJ, everyone thought AJ Brown was like the blocker between the two. And I, I think they've been quite comparable. DK isn't backing down from no, DK isn't downfield, backing down, but, but like, like I'm no saying, one. you know, there's no reason to if you're you know there's no shot you're listening to me right now. But if you were to uh, do not take part in the NFL Combine this year, please just work on getting fully healthy. Come out and show out next year in the NFL. Okay. If you um, can do your do your home your Alabama Pro Day where things are always definitely going to be in your favor. But other than yeah, that, exactly. skip the Combine. Real quick though, I'm going to drop TSR's top five quarterback rankings as of right now. Now, this is with the injury. This is with a not healthy um, Tua, okay? So, obviously, Burrow's number one. I have Justin Herbert above Tua, okay? Then it's Tua, Eason, Fromm, all right? Now, say Tua comes out and he's healthy by next year, okay, it's going to be Burrow, Tua, Herbert, you know, and then the other two are the same. Yeah. But that's just right now. This is going to – this will probably change. The last two will probably change. Um, I don't think I see – other than those five names, it's going to be hard to put – it's going to be hard to put a different name. The the one guy that could sneak in there is Hurts. But, you know, we have to see. Yeah. I kind of might have Hurts over from. I, I, I could maybe, too. You know, but. I mean, if I, the Steelers I, had the pick and the other four, other four were gone and it was Hurts and Fromm on the board, dude, give me give me Hurts. I mean, Hurts, I mean, in my opinion, Hurts brings the ability to turn a broken play into a first down. I'm gonna I be don't honest know if Bomb gives you that, man. I have a weird feeling that this is just the weirdest feeling ever. Every time I think about Jake Fromm in the NFL, I picture him with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I can see it. Didn't was it? I saw some rumor Philip Rivers wants to go to the Titans or something like that. I don't think that's true. But yeah, they Philip Rivers I, uh, in, in the last mock draft I did for Blitzalytics, I they had, would both uh, fit perfectly. Yeah, I had Philip. I had uh, the Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> taking Justin Herbert in the draft. I think he'd be an awesome fit there. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I'm going to be doing a whole lot more uh, mock drafts. You know, what I'll We're do for TSR. We're going to have plenty of draft content. We'll, we'll, we'll have a mock draft on the uh, on the TSR podcast. Okay, guys, we'll get – me and Bo will split up the teams, and we'll pick who, who, uh, who we think should go where. Okay? But moving like on. two rounds or something or three we, rounds or something? Yeah, yeah. It'll probably take a while. You know, if I got really into it, I could probably go seven rounds, but no one wants to hear I that. Feel like we we could do the first round and probably take an hour and a half. <laughs> oh yeah. So so what we'll do, guys, we'll, we'll plan that out. We'll have a first round mock draft for you guys um, we'll out. later on. But talking about quarterbacks, Bo, now me yeah. and you talked about it. I think this was the last episode too. I said that if Joe Burrow didn't win the Heisman Trophy, then I wouldn't. There probably wouldn't be another podcast. Well. Good, uh, good news, guys. We're having another podcast because Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy. We're here, right. baby. We made it. 
All right, Joe Burrow received. Listen to this, bro. Joe Burrow received 1,846 more points than the runner-up. Mm. I don't know. That's I'm the largest. Surprised, but I love that it. is that is the largest margin of victory in Heisman history. Burrow also received 90.7% of first place votes, breaking the record held by one of my favorite quarterbacks I've ever watched, Troy Smith. And Troy Smith had 86.7% in 2006. Wow. Now, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the last two. I want to bring something to your attention, Bo. The last two Heisman winners, all right, were both quarterbacks. Yeah. They both played for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But there's something there's something that ties these two guys and Burrow together. And, guys, the two people I'm talking about is Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Bo, there's something that ties all three of those guys together. All of them were transfers. Ooh, okay. All of them was it were transfers. Murray from A&M, right? Was Murray right? from A&M. Yes, exactly. Baker, and, Baker uh, from Texas Tech. Exactly. And then yeah. uh, Burrow from Ohio State. Okay. I See, I wouldn't have known that one. I'm glad you told me that one. That's the one I couldn't get. So, just to point, uh, you know, touch on this again. Guys from Ohio, guys. It's only right he comes to Cincinnati. And also, also, <laughs> I, I got I gotta say this: yes. Cincinnati's uh, Cincinnati's coaching coaching staff is going to also be coaching him at the Senior Bowl if he takes place in it. Really? Yeah. I so you already get acclimated with the guy. Going to do that though? I, I don't know. I don't see but, it. But I think that's it's unbelievable that those the last three Heisman winners have been transfers. Yeah. And, and let's look at the front runner next year, man. Okay. Also, let me say this: the the Three quarterbacks that were just in the Heisman race, Burrow, Hurts, and Fields, were all transfers too. Oh yeah. Like Hurts, Fields and Hurts, Hurts is a late transfer, but I mean that's it's a transfer nonetheless. And it kills me. Fields mm. transfers from Georgia. Bo, I guarantee you next year when the the you know the odds to win the Heisman come out, I guarantee you Justin Fields is number one. Yeah, dude, the transfer portal with these quarterbacks, man. I mean, if the pa- if the parents aren't happy and the kids not happy, they're they're out. There's no there's no they more waiting. Really there's no really more out. waiting. And, your and, turn. and you can't wait anymore. Look, look. Imagine this. Imagine what as as much as it hurts me to say. Imagine what would have happened to uh, Justin Fields if he didn't leave Georgia. So what if what if Jake Fromm next year or, or this year decided to stay for his senior year? All right, Justin Fields trapped by him again. You don't come out and show out like you have been. I mean, potentially, Justin Fields is going to win a championship with Ohio State in his first season. I mean, so, so, so you know, I thought it was kind of dumb at first, but no. No, it's not dumb. If, you, if you're in the wrong situation and you're not liking the situation you're in, I advise any player to, you know, if you find somewhere that they need you to play, they want you to play, and you think you could work into that system, go. Yo, for sure. If I mean, if you if it's right for you and your family, because I mean, when you're when you're a college kid, your family is still a huge part of your decision. You're still you're not the adult professional athlete yet, so you got to weigh your your family into everything. If you and your family want that school and you think you can have success there, I mean, I think quarterback. I think you'll agree. Playing quarterbacks about getting reps. I mean, you got to see action. It's like you got to get in combat to be to become good. I mean, and it, you it, agree? It, it, Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree. And I think it's got to kill, you know, Ohio State's done fine this year. They have Justin Fields. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, it's got it's to suck knowing that, you know, the guy who won the Heisman was right under their noses. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I you mean, know, and then, and then, you know, it's got to in some way hit 
it, may, it has to make Saban feel some type of way. Now, okay, he had Tua. That's fine. Tua's done fine. But apparently, he, he had a Heisman, a Heisman, you know, runner up right up right there. He just maybe maybe he wasn't playing to his game a little bit. Lincoln Riley saw the potential, put the offense around him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there, there's a lot of with those guys with the transfers. There's so many what ifs, you know. There's it. It's a revolving door of them. And some with the the Tua Hurts thing. I mean. That that dynamic. I mean, what they already ch- they changed him out in one of the national championships, and wasn't it two of that come in, came in, won the championship form uh, two years ago or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that I could see that that whole thing playing out again. Is you know, say Tua started over Jalen and Jalen stayed. Well, the first game Tua throws two or three interceptions against a good opponent. You see Jalen, you know, or mm-hmm. you know something like I could I could see that I could have seen that happen in any day. I, I think it was a it was a better thing for both of them to for Jalen to go to Oklahoma, and I think I think Lincoln Riley did a lot for Jalen's draft stock as well. Oh, he definitely has. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what else has done a lot for Jalen's draft stock is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yes. I mean, my God, what <laughs> yeah. what what a great way really, to promote really the, to the promote. Top hey three guys, I got wheels. Period have done a lot for him. Exactly. You know? Like like, hey guys, I got wheels. Oh, you yeah. see those two? You see that guy that just went number one overall, Kyler Murray? Yeah, you know he has wheels too. Look yeah. at the guy who's about to win MVP this year. You know, y'all didn't think he was that good of a thrower. I don't All think people the- think Jalen Hurts is that good of a thrower, Bo. People aren't out here saying Jalen. I remember, I remember when Jalen Hurts played Clemson. The year Clemson, Deshaun Watson beat them. Yeah. I remember I was like, there's no way, there's no way Alabama wins this game because Jalen can't throw the football. They're gonna make him one dimensional. Oh, it's, it's, it's you got to tie one hand behind their back, and you'll be yeah, good to but go. It still didn't matter though. That was still a close game, and Deshaun Watson had to hit what was it, Hunter Renfro, I think. In like the final seconds to win that game, yeah, right, right corner, it was a flat route, whatever. yeah, right flat route, like that's what it was. So, of course, Jalen Hurts, this is fantastic for him. I mean, my for God, sure. yeah, but, he's got he's got a lot more tape out there of him throwing the ball for the NFL. But let's let's talk about this too. We just said Burrow won the Heisman, okay? Bo also, Bo Burrow also came out with a lot of other awards, okay? Joe Burrow also won the Maxwell Award. Davey O'Brien Award, the Walter Camp National Player of the Year Award, the AP Player of the Year Award, the Johnny Unitas Award, and the SEC Offensive Player of the Year Award. You you Talk agree? Talk about a clean it's, sweep, it's, man. It's, Why don't you? You're gonna have to go out and buy. Go to a furniture store, and you're gonna have to go out and you're gonna buy a new a new <laughs> you know check like uh what, what are you, I'm trying to think of the word uh, cabinet whatever whatever yeah just to put the trophies you took home this year in. Yeah, for sure. You have to get a whole new case full of everything. I mean, he, I think he's going to have to get his, like, pull an Emmett Smith and just, Joe, just get your storage locker and start collecting, buddy. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. I just mean, start collecting. Maybe he may, could be added to the rookie of the year later uh, on. Hopefully, what, next hopefully year in the NFL? A, yeah, hopefully it's in a Bengals jersey. Yeah, dude, I mean, if the Bengals don't take him, it's going to be, even with Chase Young anchoring the defense, because that's the only other pick in one and two. If it, even if you got him anchoring the defense, it's still going to be a, a long time. I think y'all need to bring in Burrow and then uh, another round or two later, bring him some help. Because, uh, oh, yeah, you know, just bring him some help. You know what I mean? And yeah, then, get one of it. Get, get, get his guy, Justin Jefferson. Already uh-huh. got chemistry with this guy. Let's get him in there. Let's get well, Justin you, Jefferson, you can Tyler find Boyd, him AJ in the Green third on the round, probably late, late second, third round. You'll be able to find Jefferson. He'll be there. But moving on, Bo, 
you know, we talk about Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson a lot. I'm sorry, guys, but that's Got kind to. of the big news right now. All right. Next year, let's we'll talk, talk about the MVP and the Heisman a lot, too. But <laughs> let's talk about some some new news that just came out. All right. Breaking. Got got some uh, some suspensions that have mm-hmm. to do with Oklahoma in the college football playoff. Defensive lineman Ronnie Perkins for Oklahoma has been suspended along with Ramondre Stevenson and Trajan Bridges. Okay, and Bridges is wide receiver due to failed drug tests. All right. Stay off the weed. Don't make a don't make a Stephen A reference on here. <laughs> I can't uh, stand Stephen A. They, they failed for cannabis. What do you He's mean? Like, stay off of the weed. They did it. They did it to me. Okay, but I would say I would say Perkins is the biggest loss of the yeah. three players suspended. Perkins has 13 and a half tackles for loss and six sacks this year. Um, Stevenson is also a huge loss, man. He's rushed for 515 yards and six touchdowns, and his eight yards per carry are the best on the team. Dude, that's a terrible loss. That that eight yards per carry is huge in playoff games where you want to get rid of the clock and keep the ball from the other team. I'm saying, man. So. Just come on, guys. Make better decisions. You know this. This is hurt your college football playoff approaching, man. Wait, another another reason. Another reason I think that Ronnie Perkins, the D lineman, is the biggest loss is because okay, we had made predictions. I don't know if it was episode three or episode two, but but we were already saying LSU was going to win by a wide margin because you know that Oklahoma defense. Isn't exactly making anyone shaking their boots. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, no, no defense in that whole conference is. A guy who puts major pressure on the quarterback, you've got to get pressure on Joe Burrow. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't even matter, but still. Absolutely. You just I have agree. to make better decisions, man. Have to make better decisions. They, they, they have <laughs> almost personally tied Oklahoma's hand behind their back. <laughs> Basically. We were just talking about making teams play without, you know, good players and making them one-dimensional. I mean, you, you're missing a guy who who has multiple gap responsibilities throughout a game. That's crucial. That's yeah. that's not good. And Ronnie Perkins, I mean, he's dude. He he can take inside gaps and outside gaps. He's really good. I mean, that's you're missing you're missing a heck of a player. And like you said, uh, the receiver. Uh, I mean, Bridges, I mean, that's still a huge loss. I mean, you got to take the lid off these these LSU guys. Because, you know, you, you, your, number, your number one receiver is C.D. Lamb. But then you have your number two receiver is Rambo. Rambo is good, too. Rambo can yep. go in this draft class. I don't know if he is yet or not, but Rambo is a very good wide receiver. Yeah, yeah and really, when, you, when you take away your highest yards per average running back, you need receivers out there to, to exactly. you know pick that slack up. I mean, the, each of them takes a huge part of the game away. You know what I mean? It's they may not seem like it because they might not be the starter, but like college football is about sub packages, fresh legs, and running lots of plays. You know what I mean? It, they they're hurting their teams a lot. It, it's it's really unfortunate that it's always seemed like Lincoln since Lincoln Riley got there, it seemed like he's just had such a good hold on this team, this program in general. And then you yeah, get three it, guys it, it who fail for this. It's hard not to think they were together. They all fail for the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, not making any speculations, not pointing any fingers, but yeah, it would be, you know, but I was in college but, once, dude. <laughs> I, I want to touch on something else right now. Herman Boone. Herman oh, Boone, yeah. guys, is um, if any of you have ever seen the movie, remember the Titans. Herman Boone was 
portrayed by Denzel Washington in the movie as the coach for T.C. Williams. Well, and was Martin Luther King, pretty much. He is, yeah, he has passed away at the age of 84. Uh, Herman Boone led T.C. Williams to an undefeated record in a Virginia State football title in 1971. Um, it's a big loss, man. You know, remember the Titans is one of my favorite movies. I've seen it an unbelievable amount of time. I actually watched it a week ago. And all I can say is, is we need more people like TC in the world today. You know, he basically, he, 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 what his message was pretty much was if we come together, our possibilities are endless. We're weaker when we're divided. Yep. And That's I think, I think of a locker room. That's the epitome of a locker room, and that should be the epitome of society today. Yep. You know, <clears throat> I just – I know I'm not going to speak out on anything, but I think there's a it's lot of a, stuff going on. It's a divided on. world out there. Right? It's a divided world right now, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't not have to be as divided as it is You know, between political views, religious beliefs. It's even in sports, man. Oh, yeah, man. There's, I mean there, it gets all thrown in together. And, you know, I don't – like I said, there just needs to be more people like T.C. – I mean, not T.C., uh, Herman Boone in, uh, in the world today. There really need to be – I think I called him T.C. a little bit earlier too, but his name's Herman Boone. But there really <laughs> need to be Williams more people like Mr. Boone in the world, and I know that's a huge loss. But, Bo, do you have anything else? Give me another topic, man. Give me another topic. So we, so we put down our, our big topics we want to talk about, but I want, want, want one one quick one off the dome right now. I, okay, well I I gotta I actually wanted to get your opinion on uh on who was gonna win Wisconsin Oregon. I'm not sure. Did we talk about that last week? I think that's gonna be oh. one of the best bowl games. Did so, we talk? Yeah, we did talk about that. It was Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, we did talk about that. I'm and going then, to go, he, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I was gonna say that one, and I'm trying to find it. I don't know if we talked about uh, UVA and Florida. I thought that was a, to give 24 and nine. The Orange Bowl was an odd matchup to me. Yeah. Okay. So let, let me, we're going to be real quick with this. I think Oregon wins that matchup. Wisconsin has okay. an unbelievable defense. I think Oregon's going to zero in on Jonathan Taylor if he even plays. I don't know if you said if he's playing or not. I don't know. And I, I imagine Justin Herbert's playing. If just if Justin Herbert's playing and Jonathan Taylor are both playing, I still take Oregon. Like I said, they're going to. I just in. love that game for some reason. Oh, I love that game too. And Oregon is really talented, man. Oregon, their defense is really talented. They're quick. They're fast. That that's a really they got good a lot defense. of twitchy guys out there. Yeah, they have. They have. Uh, Herbert's got great receivers. He has solid running backs. So mm-hmm. I think I think her, um, Justin Herbert and Oregon Ducks take that one. You said the other one was Florida and UVA. I'm going all Man, SEC. I'm thinking yeah. I'm taking Florida, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I just thought that was a big, you know, 24 to play nine to me was odd. I'm not. I'm not too keen on how the bowls get set up. Yeah, it's very, it's um, a very weird. Yeah, very, but, very weird, but you know, you're we're looking. I mean, some of the other ones I had written down in my notes. I mean, six twenty-two v sixteen. I mean, uh, fourteen v thirteen, eight v six, five v seven, eighteen v twelve, and, and then, then you I have a twenty-four v nine. Twenty-four v nine. And you know, I've been I've been staring at that for two weeks. And you know, does do they think that UVA's got a chance in that? I mean. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to do some research into that I don't, I don't that know. game comes out. And I, you know, I, I there, there's say, something about that matchup that's got me just my head spinning right now. I mean, like, call me like crazy said, for that. Like I said, I have Florida win that game pretty easily. No disrespect to UVA, but 
I, you know, I think, yeah, I think I, they put a I lot think of they'll win as well. It's just a matchup's got my mind bottled. <laughs> it is. It, I mean, it's a weird matchup, especially when you say how closely ranked the other guys are. I mean, you know, yeah, like, are... I, I wrote down like seven games, you know, in the, for the for like last week and this week to pick from to preview or anything like that. And I mean, even Army Navy kicked it off like a week ago. It was like a their, you know, their their meaningful game they play every year. You know, even with that, they're so evenly matched. And you just go down; they're all within like five ranks of each other. Even Memphis and Penn State. I mean, it's seventeen v ten. That's still not as big of a difference as twenty four and nine. I mean, that's thirteen or fifteen ranks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's it's kind of wild. In the Orange like, Bowl, it's odd. Like I said, I'm taking Florida and the SEC over UVA and the SEC. I, I, I don't think it's going to be that close. I really don't think it's going to be. Um, Bo, a couple of last words I want to um, put out there. Any small school prospects out there? I was on the phone with my man, Ramiro Ferrand, okay? He is all about athlete management, and he's a sports agent. Get in contact with this guy. You can find him on Twitter, at Ferrand Sports. I've never seen a guy that whatever he thinks – he puts right to Twitter and he tweets it. He doesn't care about hurting your feelings. He really doesn't. He tells you like it is. Like I said, I talk, I was talking with him on the phone a couple of days ago. I'm going to have him on the podcast too. I asked him if he'd come onto the podcast. He said he'd love to. He'll put his information out there for players to get in contact with him. Guys, please contact this man. Like I said, you can find him on Twitter at Ferran Sports. Okay, I want to give a shout out to Robert Robinson. Check, check out his merchandise. Follow him at Rob Rob Graphics on Twitter. This guy has done so much work for me. This is the guy that helped me figure out TSR's logo. He helped me figure out the logo for the TSR podcast. I'm going to be purchasing some shirts from him, and he's an amazing, amazing electronic artist. Like I said, I've gotten, I think I've gotten 14 or 15 players done from him that I'm going to get framed around my house. He makes it pop. It's amazing. They're all Georgia players. It's amazing. Um, and also follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and visit Blitzalytics.com. That is B-L-I-T-Z-A-Y-T-I-C-S. Please visit them. I'm an NFL draft scout for Blitzalytics. You can find my portfolio under their members page. Just look up Jacob Patterson. Okay. And I found out something today, Bo, that I have got to touch on right now. Special shout out to all of the guys that are listening to us right now in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. it, was brought, it was a brought to my attention today that we have listeners out in Afghanistan right now. And when I found that out today, no one knows how that made me feel. That was unbelievable. I'm it getting, was an unbelievable. My, my hair is standing up on the back of my neck. I, I'm right getting now. chills right now saying I appreciate, appreciate every one of you guys out there that are fighting for our freedom and putting your lives on the line. You know, yep, I can't I, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for choosing TSR, the TSR podcast to listen to. I'm going. I'm going to, and I know Bo's going to keep trying his best to get quality content out there, keep yep. you guys entertained, talk some football, okay? And that goes for all of our listeners. I appreciate. I have gotten so much support on this podcast. It's not even funny. Tons of tons of great feedback. I, tons of great feedback. You guys are leaving great reviews on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you guys so much. I promise you, there is not one person that gives me a review, a comment says something about TSR, I promise you, I appreciate it more than you know. I promise you that. But I had to talk about the whole thing with Afghanistan. Thank you guys so much for what you were doing for me, Bo, our country. Thank you so much. And I'm going to try my best. It just motivates me even more to get more quality football content out there to you guys. 
But, Bo, I think that's about it, man. I think we're going to wrap this up. Hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast tonight. I thought we had some great topics. Um, wonderful. Bo, go ahead and give them your plug for where they can find you at. All right. Yep. All right, and um, I'll say I'll say uh, reiterate um, to our buddy Zane Hooker over there serving in Afghanistan. Uh, I miss you, man. One of my best friends growing up. I appreciate you spreading the word in uh, in Afghanistan. To hear that, like Jacob said, man, it it, it touched us both greatly. Um, both, I mean, I get chills right now just talking about it. Means the absolute world to me. We are already <laughs> jacked enough every week to make this happen. Uh, we record late at night. It's something we're super passionate about, and it's just it's the best motivation possible. It, it really is. Um, and I'll give a quick shout out to my dad uh, recovering from knee replacement surgery. I love you, man. If you uh, listen to this while you're while you're recovering, just know I love you. Uh, you can reach me at at tsr bow on Twitter. It's capital tsr bow b e a u, and uh, I also do some contributing writing on Last Word on ProFootball.com. Uh, in the Steelers section, if you just go over there and click my tab, you can find my articles and my bio. Once again, uh, like Jacob said, the positive feedback has got us more motivated than ever to be doing this thing. So thank you, everybody, and thanks for listening. All right, guys, and you can find me at Scouting LLC on Twitter. Look up TSR on Instagram at scouting underscore LLC. All right. Any small school prospects out there that want some film broken down? I will do it for you happily. I'll get some promotion out there on uh, Instagram and Twitter for you. I'm trying to help you. You're trying to work hard to get to your dream. I'm going to work hard for you. Okay, I'm doing my dream right now because of guys like you. Please look me up. Let TSR take care of you, all right? Guys, I appreciate y'all listening. And TSR out. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pod where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of mass significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Well, I got the gotta get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue.